Hey parents, what if there was nothing stopping you from becoming abundant to the max in all things? Finances, time, nothing was holding you back from becoming your healthiest, happiest, most financially abundant self yet and sharing these tools with your kids. Thanks to our annual and monthly angel members, we've been able to grant over $100,000 in partial scholarships so that souls who want access to life-changing teachings in the angel membership have that opportunity. And every membership comes with teachings specifically for kids. Don't let your egoic mind tell you you're not worthy because the angels and I are here telling you you are worthy. This is your year, but I can't help you get where you're going if I'm not working with you in one of my programs. Become an angel member now. Go to theangelmedium.com, then the angel membership tab to sign up today. If you need a scholarship, let us help you. Scroll to the bottom of the angel membership page and click the link for partial scholarship options. Details are in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you for coming together as a community. Thank you for contributing what you can each month. And thank you for helping us to reach hundreds of souls with life-changing teachings in the membership this year. This is going to be your best year yet. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Intuitive Kids podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today I'm here with Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll. He is a former doctor who was inside the ER who worked with over 60,000 patients within his career. And he had this fascinating experience that started when he was younger, when he was a child, and he lost his brother. So I'm going to have Dr. Jeff on. We're going to talk about how he started hearing from his brother on the other side. Dr. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Wonderful. So you're also the author of five kids books, but um, we're here to have you on today because you had this experience that other kids might be able to relate to. You lost your brother um, at a young age to a farming accident, and then you began to hear from him afterwards. I wonder if you could explain to the kids listening today what it was like for you to hear from your brother on the other side. Sometimes in our culture, we make this out to be ghosty, but as I feel it, it's not ghosty whatsoever. It just feels like connecting with the warmth and love of family. So I wonder if you could kind of explain your experience. Yes. My brother was 15 and I was just one month before my 12th birthday when he had a farm accident and tipped the tractor over and uh, he uh, didn't survive. I had another older brother that was just a year older than me and a younger sister. And life went on, but things were a bit different after that. I, I missed my brother. I was very close to him. We did a lot of things together. We rode horses, we went camping. Uh, we did things that we never told our mother about. I loved my brother. And then a few years later, when I was uh, just uh, a young new driver, I had, I had a Volkswagen car. I was going much too fast on a little windy country road after dark with two friends in the car. We weren't wearing seatbelts. And I heard this voice. 
and it spoke to me and said, you need to slow down. And I listened. I'm not sure why I listened because I wouldn't have listened to my parents. I wouldn't have listened to uh, an authority figure or a law enforcement officer, but I listened to that voice. Uh, went around the corner, hit a car head on, a Cadillac. And there was a lot of damage, but nobody was injured. I think I might have died that night if I hadn't listened to that voice. And it was only later, looking back, that I realized it was my brother speaking to me. That was the only voice I would have listened to. And it wasn't like just someone speaking to you. It wasn't like the person in the passenger seat saying, slow down. It was like this voice that wraps itself around your soul. It reaches into your heart and you feel it more than you hear it. And you just, you understand the importance of it. And my experiences with my brother grew over time until I had frequent uh, communications with him. One of those communications was you hearing a voice within yourself might have sounded like your own internal dialogue that said, you need to go talk to mom. What did that voice say at that time? And what did that lead you to? Well, actually, on that occasion, it was much more than just an internal dialogue. I, I knew my brother was present in the room. I hate to use the word saw him because then people image what they see with their physical eyes. But I knew he was there. I, I experienced his presence and I knew what he looked like. And I heard him and he said, you have to go talk with our mother because there's things she's never told you about my death. So I went and I sat down with my mother and we had a very moving conversation. She told me that day for the first time, I always knew where you were in the house uh, before Stan died because I could hear you singing. When Stan died, you stopped singing. And that was the first time I appreciated how much my brother's passing had impacted me in my life. That's incredible. Well, let's go into that more because you say that was the first time that you realized how deeply your brother's impact um, passing impacted you. There obviously has to be so much pain in losing your sibling. How did you heal through that process? Were there years that you just kind of stuffed it down? How did you eventually get to that pain within yourself and allow yourself to come to a place of healing? That was a long journey, actually. I didn't know anything about death and grieving or anything like that. My parents were relatively young. They didn't have any experience in that. They struggled with it. Uh, they grieved in very different ways. My mother wanted to go to the cemetery often because she felt closer to her son there. My father absolutely hated going to the cemetery because it, to him, it just felt like loneliness and death and separation. And it caused so much tension in my relationship that they actually separated for about a year. Fortunately, they were able to come back together but they didn't get any counseling. They didn't know that they were both grieving just in different ways. And, and so I would tell listeners, your grieving process is individual and it's sacred. And don't let somebody else tell you what it should look like. And don't feel like that it has to look like somebody else's. And don't look at somebody else that's grieving in a different way from you and think that they don't care or that they're not grieving or that they're not in pain. Just recognize that it's different for them. And if you have an opportunity to talk with a professional grief counselor, I'd encourage you to do a session or two just to give you some perspective that whatever you're going through is okay and you can get through it because it's a long, painful, difficult process. 
I learned almost 30 years after my brother died one day, I was uh, thinking about my friend who had a big, beautiful new house. And I thought, man, that's a beautiful house. I'd love to have a house like that. And then I thought, no, I don't want anything in my life, person or thing that I care enough about that it hurts me when it's gone. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, that's not normal. And I realized that I had what's called attachment disorder. Sometimes after you experience such a terrible, painful loss, your defense mechanism is to never attach to anything again. So if it goes, it can't hurt you when it goes. But the problem with that is, is when you do that, you virtually exclude love from your life because you can't love people. You can't love things that are in your life because you're too busy protecting yourself. You've put up this wall and the wall that protects you also prevents you from loving fully. And so you have to brick by brick, take down that wall so you can heal and love again. Yeah. How did you take that down brick by brick? Part of it had to do with the spiritual experiences that I had. I'd get uh, visits and, and uh, I'd get instructions. My brother came to me once. I was in meditation and he touched me on the hand. And when he touched me on the hand, the building I was in melted away and he led me through some beautiful, glorious place that I think a lot of people would describe as heaven. And he showed me my life in review. He showed me the days in which I'd significantly changed the course in my life. And he showed me how he'd intervened on those days on my behalf to help me. And then he showed me the day he died, but not from the perspective that I'd had for all those years. He showed it to me from the perspective of my parents. And I experienced their loneliness and their grief and their sorrow and suffering of their oldest son passing. And I, I felt it all as if it were my own. It was, it was just amazing. And then he looked at me and he said, go tell our parents not to be sad anymore. Mm -hmm. Tell them I'm happy and I want them to smile when they talk about me. Wow. Jeff, I found in my life, and I wonder if you've had a similar experience, that when you hear from the other side, loved ones, angels, once, twice, you kind of self-doubt still a little bit at the beginning. Is this me? Am I making this up? Could this really be real? But when it starts to happen year after year, over and over and over again, thousands of times, there is no more doubt anymore. That doubt just completely washes away and it becomes part of who you are, the foundation, the essence of who you are. Did you find that too? Absolutely. For many years, I would still have this profound experience. I think, is that real? Did that really happen? Um, or I just imagining that. And it takes a lot of time and practice and effort. You see, we're very good accepting the notion that people have a musical gift. Uh, it's something natural and innate in them, but they still have to practice 40,000 hours to become good, uh, to play at Carnegie Hall. Uh, a physical gift. You can have a physical talent, an athletic gift, but if you don't show up at practice with the, with the team, you, you don't take the field. But when we talk about spiritual gifts like seeing and hearing and knowing we tend to think of those as something that's just given to us all perfect any effort on our part. And it just doesn't happen that way. You have to work at it day by day and grow into it over time. 
So how did you grow into it? How did you practice? Was that a daily spiritual practice of getting into meditation? Was that you connecting with your brother, asking him questions from the other side? What helped you to develop? Yes, all of the above that you just said. One practice that I used a lot was I would simply get quiet and centered in the morning and I would ask, what is my errand today? What would you have me do? And I would almost always get a message. And the important thing is you have to act on the message. It's probably a good practice to write it down. It helped me to write it down and then go do it. Mm-hmm. And when you do it, you come at the end of the day and you realize, oh, that just that wasn't just an accident. It wasn't just a whim. That was a communication I got. And the next day, it comes a little bit easier and a little bit more clearly to you. And a week or two down the road, when you get a message that makes you cringe a little bit, you kind of go, well, I better trust it because I've learned that I can trust it. And you grow into it over time until you live a more spirit-directed, centered life. That's incredible. I love that. Jeff, I want to ask you one more question, and this is, I feel like your brother bringing this through, but it's for the kids to hear your answer. I feel like there's days where you still miss your brother. You miss his presence, you miss his energy, his personality, and you just want to be able to connect with him. On those days, do you go to him? Do you talk to him? And if so, what does that look like and feel like to you? Sometimes I do communicate with him uh, more often than he communicates with me. I think of it like, uh, I think of souls beyond death as very much like us. Um, they, they may be in a different realm, but they're busy. They're doing things. They're interacting with others. And they're not, they're not just hanging out to be my, you know, at my beck and call all the time. So I can make myself more open and more receptive and more willing to hear their message. And that makes it happen more often. But I also recognize their choice or agency in the process. And sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not. And I'm okay with that. So when I think about and talk about my brother now, especially after he came to me and gave me that message about being happy, I engage my parents or my siblings in talking about the fun things that that we did with Stan, the things that made us laugh, the silly things uh, that we shook our heads, the things that made us mad that we can now look back and laugh about. And often when I have a client who's grieving, who's trying and struggling with those horrible, hard, difficult feelings, I'll, I'll say, sit down and make a, a gratitude list about your loved one. Think about the things that they did that made you smile, that made you laugh. Think about the things they did that made you happy and see how long you can make that list. And think about those things. Be grateful for those things and know that they have made a contribution to your life, even if you're not interacting with them regularly at present. I love that. I want to correct one thing because I just see it a little bit differently. So I want the kids to know this because maybe we all see things a little bit different. I see that the soul is omnipresent. So on the other side, the soul can be working. The soul can be like helping people here on earth. The soul can be playing or traveling or doing different things Um, in physical form. I feel like we do have physicality over there on the other side. And so they might not be like right by our side the entire time, but anytime we need them, they're right there for us. Oh, we don't disagree on that at all. I agree entirely with everything you just said. 
Yay, yay. Jeff, you are just such a beautiful soul. Thank you for the work that you do in the world. You have multiple different children's books. Are those spiritual children's books? They're not, but they don't they do all have a good message for them. They're probably for readers younger than the ones that are listening to your podcast, and they're intentionally written for parents to read to their children. They have great messages, but they're not spiritual. Perfect. Well, we'll include the show notes over there. And then you also have a book called Not Yet. Um, Tell parents about that so that they know. Not Yet is about the spiritual experiences I had in the emergency department during my practice. And some of the things that happened outside the emergency department that helped put them in context in my life. It's just some of my experiences and the things I learned. Well, we'll link to that as well in the show notes below. Jeff, thank you so much for being here, for your presence in the world. And I just feel your energy. You have such a beautiful oneness energy about you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You too. Bye now. Want more episodes? Check out our parent podcast, Angels and Awakening. Beautiful souls, if you're super excited to develop your own intuition, go to theangelmedium.com and become an angel member today. Angel membership is for the whole family. Parents get access to hundreds of hours of past course content, new intuitive development circles, events, small groups, and more. And now kids get access to spiritual workshops, pre-recorded energy healings, and live events just for them. Start today at theangelmedium.com. And if you're the family who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, kids ages 14 and up can now enroll in my angel Reiki school with a parent. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to start your own family business. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com. Details are in the show notes. Now, do you want to do an exercise with me? Imagine God is pouring unconditional love through the top of your head. This unconditional love fills your body with yummy, shimmering energy from head to toe. So much so that God's love begins to radiate out from your entire body, from your heart, like rays of energy radiating out from the sun. Imagine God's infinite, unconditional love flows from your heart to everyone you love, to everyone in your school, to everyone listening to this podcast, and back to you. Your angels remind you they're always looking out for you, guiding you, directing you, protecting you. Talk to God and your angels all day long and listen to your heart for the positive, loving messages they have just for you.